Welcome to the Soul Rollers podcast, where we discuss jiu-jitsu, life and self-mastery. Here are your hosts, Jackson Gage and William Dennis. All right, so welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 11 of the Soul Rollers podcast. My name is Jackson Gage, and I'm here with William Dennis, a.k.a. Turner Smiles, and he's uh, sitting, he's smiling right now, living up to his nickname, and uh, yeah, man, just checking in on our weekly uh, weekly show here. So um, I've, I've been, I haven't trained, well, I didn't train the past week. Um, just because they were cleaning the gym, I guess somebody got sick or something. So they wanted to take precautions and keep everything clean. And, uh, so I didn't train. Plus my arm is like not functioning correctly. So, but you've been training. So how's your, uh, how's that? This is your first week back from you taking a week off, right? Yeah, it was a good week. Um, <clears throat> I, I didn't want to push too hard cause like I was going to like nine classes a week, which is, is a lot. So I did six this week, which I still think is quite a bit, but I'm grateful that I got in there and got to do that much and got to enjoy, you know, for me, it's like, we're talking about working on one position and and working on that until we get better at it. And for me, that's closed guard. And then it's kind of evolved into rubber guard where I realized this week is like, there's so much like different, like little tendencies, little things you have to pick up and learn and, and figure out that I go in there to see how many mistakes I can eliminate this week, you know? And it's just like, okay, every time I do this, there seem to be like backing out of the of the uh, rubber guard and I lose it. Or I noticed this week when you go against, cause I did an advanced class, um, they have just totally different ways of getting out of stuff that someone who is like a white belt doesn't know how to do. And so you find even bigger holes in your game. Like, Oh, this doesn't work when I do this or they get out this way, or I should be, switching to something else quicker if this happens you know so it was more of like a process of elimination this week of just going there being open to learning and going you know what is not working and slowly as I figure out what doesn't work I work my way towards it actually working yeah which really the only reason I'm explaining that is because I don't think that's what we're taught in school it's like get an A be 100% be perfect like figure it out and have it done perfectly the first time it's like when you go and present your report to your teacher, they give you a grade on it. You get an F. You're like, well, crap. Like, why didn't you let me submit it? You correct it. Send it back to me. Teach me what I should be looking for, what I should be removing, what I should be adding. Like, actually instruct me. Don't yeah. just, like, penalize me for not knowing something I shouldn't know because I've never done it before. You know, yeah. just think if we got grades as white belts. <laughs> what would yeah. your report card look like every day? They have to like, do oh, like here, a... here, you got a, you got a negative 8%. You're like, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just such to... a broken system. Yeah. They'd have to have some type of curve grading scale for, for white yeah. girls, man. You yeah, know, you're just like, uh, like you're negative uh, 47%. That's like worse yeah. than an F. You're like, yeah. Oh, I didn't know there was such a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep, we didn't yeah. have one until you came along. <laughs> now <laughs> there is. I'm just kidding. But I just really like. I saw myself like I was in the bottom and I'm working the game and I'm working that and like, Oh, he like, okay. I stopped him from being able to, cause usually it's like a very high guard when you're in rubber guard, you have their leg up like around their shoulders and you're, you're 
kind of just smashing them in and just holding them in that position. And then you let them move and it kind of, their movements of trying to get out kind of open up like whether a triangle or whatever it is, I've been finding different openings as they're trying to escape the, the rubber guard. And so it's a really high guard. So they were like kind of, I was getting too high and they were able to go out the back and then I'm just out of it completely. And so when I kept them from escaping out of it that way, then they started pressuring forward and trying to stack me. And then I felt like, wow, okay, when they try to stack, that leaves them like I can get around their arm and get them in a triangle, or I can try to get an arm bar or do different stuff, um, or keeping my head flat on the mat keeps them from being able to stack me. Just different things I need to work on to keep them from doing it. And it just kind of tricks you into like seeing, wait a minute, okay, these are the things I need to work on. I need to be aware of because every time you roll with someone, they're going to try to get out a different way. Uh, and so it's like, all I did was identify all the things I didn't know or I was doing wrong, <laughs> but yeah. that's a successful week. Yeah. That's what it's, it's really kind of twisting better out. at it. No. Yeah. yeah that's really how, amazing. That's how it goes, man. You just keep putting yourself in that position and then you see what people do and you see how you can fix it. Or after, and another yeah. thing keeps coming into my mind is like, well, is this like annoying to them to have to like, you know, try to get out of my clothes guard all the time. Cause I just pull clothes guard. Cause what I'm doing is a lot of times in the transitions, I'm learning how to um, get myself in a clothes guard, you know, and, and I, a lot of the upper belts, they're good about keeping their, their elbow and their knee together. That doesn't let me get my leg around and get them into clothes guard. But a lot of white belts don't do that. They're not aware. Mm-hmm. And um, so, and that's just the differences of the ones I'm rolling with. I can tell. And so learning how to keep them from being able to block my leg from getting them in clothes guard and stuff like that is something I'm working on. I've been getting like an underhook over their arm and kind of getting it like a gable grip and kind of pressing their arm up away so that they can't get that block there. Like they can't use their elbow to block my leg and then getting oh, yeah. them in clothes guard. And I can feel them go like, ah, like, dang it. You know, like it's frustrating yeah. the people to get in someone's clothes guard because you have to expend a lot of energy to get out. Yeah. And so I'm wondering, like, my brain tells me, oh, you're just being annoying guard player and this and that. And I'm like, nah, I don't think I should listen to that part of my brain. I think it's just like, I'm not going to roll to your liking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, here, yeah. let me, what makes you happiest? Like, which probably, oh, yeah, me getting to smash you makes me happiest. So do that. I'm like, no, that's not going to do that. No, yeah. So yeah, I don't mind being a, like a, a frustrating guard puller and like rubber guard guy. I just want to be that guy that just. Because I seem to be, you know, it's getting tighter. I'm kind of learning how to hold on and get them in a position where they're stuck, you know, and it's hard for them to get out. And I'm learning the ins and outs of it. And I'm like trying to, I don't know, those things pop in my head like, oh, you're just being one of those guys or something like that. I don't know where that comes from. So no. I just thought I'd share that too. Because I'm sure you had that thought in your head sometimes too when you're just doing half guard or something. Yeah, no, just, yeah. I think, I mean, I don't think, for one, I think that what you're doing is, you know, I don't think everybody, especially at the white belt level, is focusing on one thing like that to get good at it, you know? So you're already way ahead of the game, you know, because I know a lot of white belts are just doing a bunch of different shit, you know, like just trying to win roles, basically, you know? And then, uh, yeah, if they get, fuck, if they get annoyed with it, well, then don't get fucking caught in it, you know? Like, you're, <laughs> teaching, you're teaching them how to not get into fucking closed guard and how to escape closed guard, you know? You're teaching them that. So that's good. That's They need that. I haven't. I had one guy the other day, the this big kid wrestler kid I was telling you about. We started on our feet, you know, and uh, you know I'm using one fucking arm. So and I pull guard anyway. I always pull guard because in my situation with all my injuries, I I don't care to do like 
if I don't have to doing takedowns and stand up and getting tossed and shit, like that's an injury waiting to happen, especially for like someone who's not a fucking trained, you know, like a high level, like for our level to throw each other and fucking be standing up and just tossing each other around. Someone's going to get fucked up, you know, someone's going to get hurt. Cause I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with the takedown. I mean, I do, but like what, you know, low level, you know? So, yeah. um, I just shoot a takedown right into some guy's knee or something, fucking bust my head open, whatever, you know. <laughs> Knock your teeth out. Yeah. I always feel like a dork trying to do that. I'm like, man, I yeah. should have been doing wrestling at like eight years old to figure this exactly. out. What the hell am I doing? Exactly. That shit is difficult. But the one I pulled the guard and I could tell he was annoyed. He was like, ah, oh, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love jujitsu. Yeah, uh huh. So funny. So yeah, but you know what are you gonna do? Um, but yeah, I think you. That's that's it. That's the game, man. You you find what you like, and then you go fucking try to try to utilize it on people, and they it either works, which is rare, or they 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 figure ways. There's so many variables. That's the that's where the difficulty lies. You know, there's so many freaking variables. Just trying to learn one freaking thing. You know, just one sweep. I'm gonna hit this sweep today. You do it. He gets away this way. He gets away that way. He pushed your arm this way. What do I do when my head is up? What do I do when my head is down? What do I do when he's pushing off of this foot? What do I do when, you know, and you're just like, oh, man. Well, I guess I got to fucking put in a shit ton of rolls just to get decent at this one fucking sweep, you know? And yeah. that's how you got to focus on it in one move at a time, you know? I think. Well, it's, it's been, I, that's exactly it. That's what I was talking about when we first started the call is, is just realizing, oh, I'm just here to slowly start seeing all the holes in my rubber guard like oh i don't do this right oh i don't do that right oh this is happening oh that's happening and when you roll enough you can go oh wait a minute they're getting out every time okay i gotta hold on here i gotta do this you know and it's really nice when you have like a mentor or a coach that's really in tune and i don't know how coach keeps up with everyone because there's a lot of us rolling and he knows he still even after class he comes up to me oh did you do this or you saw that i saw you do this sweep that i was showing you good job and i'm like how, how do you notice all that? There's like eight guys rolling with eight other guys. Like, how do you keep track of all of us? But somehow he does it. And and we've been working on reverse half. So I'm learning, man, half guard has so many sweeps. It's crazy. Yeah. There's reverse so many half? sweeps. Yeah. What is reverse half? Well, it was man, like on top. I've just been doing. Yeah, like they're on top and my legs wrapped around theirs. And I kind of get like a figure four on their leg. And uh, they're kind of on top of me, but sitting next to me. So we're both kind of facing up, like we're on, oh, I'm on my flat on my back and got their legs tangled up. And then uh, he shows us different ways to sweep from that position. Oh, yeah. And so we're, we've been sweeping. working on deep half and reverse half. Oh, okay. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Now I'm realizing, like, oh my gosh, there's so much to do from half guard. There's so many different sweeps and it's actually a very good guard to have for sweeps because yeah. a lot of like the close guard, the stuff that, and again, I don't know very much. I'm still learning, but it's not as easy to do the sweeps as it is from half guard. It just seems like there's a lot more possibilities for sweeps with half guard. Yeah. There is. But that's my limit. A lot of, I don't know, but yeah. it's and pretty it's, interesting. I think it's, and I think it's less of an attacking position. Like half guard is, there's attacks for sure from there, but it's more of a it's more of a positional like it's more of a sweeping position, you know. Like you get in there and then you sweep and then you take top and then you would do your thing, you know. Yeah. So it's it was really cool and it's really interesting. Like the variations, half guard really gives you a lot of options. 
Yeah. And it could be it could be modified or like the variables of half guard are just very diverse. Like we're even doing the sweep in the advanced class, which are pretty trippy. And you know what was really cool I noticed about Coach because he brought this video and he was like showing he like put it in slow mo and he was watching like each step and how the guy did it. It was like some reverse X guard, you know, kind of pass that he did. It was a crazy sweep. I don't know. It was way above our level. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, I was just lucky yeah, enough to be about in it. class to see it. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, and I barely managed. He had to modify it and he found a way to get to a knee bar from it. And you could see like as he was breaking it down and as he was showing it to us, he's like a little kid. Like he was so happy. It was just like, like you gave a little kid a toy. And he just loved the toy. I'm like, wow. Like, he's just playful. And I was yeah. like, this is really cool moment to just get to see, like, the way he enjoys jujitsu. Like, he's just like a kid. He just loves it. He's like a yeah. kid in a candy store. And he just breaks it down. And, and when you learn from someone that has an admiration and love for what they're doing in that manner, the possibilities are limitless. It's such a more... Uh, enjoyable experience to learn from someone yeah. who it, it's the same thing as like a teacher you know I guarantee you can remember your favorite teachers they were like in love like with their subject and what they were teaching and they just yeah. they just they they were like excited to share it with you like oh you, you want to see something cool and it's like oh cool it like made me want to learn right yeah and I think that's uh -huh. so important to find someone that enjoys it that much and and shares it in that passionate way and that goes for anything you know, not just jujitsu or school, it goes for anything in life. If you really share with passion, you know, I don't know what you think about that or if your coach is like that too, but it, you can see like, there's almost a playfulness with it. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, I don't know. I think for the most part to get to that, well, different, I think to get to that level, skill level, you got to like really love it for the, in the, you know, there's no way to get to that level without like really fucking loving jujitsu, I think, you know? So um, what I think is m the majority of like black belt instructors that you'll come across are, are I'm thinking are going to be pretty passionate about it. Just all the ones I've seen, you know, once you, you put in 10 years on that shit, you fucking love it, you know? So then you're like, yeah, because I see these guys, like even my professor, man, he's constantly, constantly studying, man. Like constantly, always studying new shit, new, he'll put up what he's studying, you know, like he's, like right now it's Baron Bolo's with uh, that Mike, Mus Mike Musumeki kid put out all these Baron Bolo uh, uh, BJJ fanatics for Baron Bolo's, you know, and he's really, he's one of the best in the world at him, and man, my, my fucking professor is just, he's every day fucking studying, you know, I'm like, gosh, you know, you're that good and you just trying to get better every single day it's pretty cool to watch i even watched him he's working on him so he he just did roles with everybody in the class the other day and all he was doing was we knew what he was it's all blue belts you know everyone knew what he was doing he's working on his baron bolo he watches it but then how does he gonna how's he gonna put it into practice so during roles everybody rolled with professor and he was just he was just working baron bolos and it's crazy because you know what he's doing and baron bolo is a tricky ass move where he gets your legs and flips you and takes your back yeah but it didn't matter. He was just fucking doing it to everybody, you know. It, it was it was pretty cool to watch that. So, but um. Well, that that's exactly one thing that I experienced yesterday with Coach. Because um, luckily, because I did two classes in a row, so I was doing like back to back classes, which is exhausting. Um, and on the second class, the advanced class, there was an odd number, so he lets one person stay out, and then everybody rolls. And so I got 
a rest round, which is not normal. So I was like, yeah, cool. And I got to watch him roll. And one thing I talked to him about after the rules was like everything he teaches us in the classes he was doing during the rules. Like he does it. Like he's not just showing us stuff that's out of like, hey, Jujitsu 101 book, you know? Yeah, like he's, yeah. He's showing you things that he's actively doing, things that he knows. And so it was just like the humility in, in this in jujitsu just naturally is so beautiful because it it is what it is. Like he's just being very authentic and open about, hey, this is what I do, this is how this works, this is jujitsu. And he does jujitsu. You know, it's not like he's like showing you things that are, you know, foundational stuff that he doesn't use anymore. He's better than that. And he's not, we're not as good as him. He just, he's actively doing what he says, you know, he, it's not just talk. He's living it, yeah. you know, and, and just like you said, he was at like the sweep he was showing us, he was working for that throughout the role. And I could see him putting it together. I could see it not work sometimes and him go to something else. It was amazing to watch. I'm like, wow. Like, I was just yeah. like in awe of watching it. I'm like, wow. And I saw him do other things that he taught us two days ago. And then he got into the truck position and did these like, you know, this calf slicer. I'm like, you just showed us that. I'm like, he's not just showing us stuff because he's supposed to show it and then doesn't use it. He actually uses everything he's showing us. And that to me shows humility just by saying like, look, I'm not just all talk, you know, like I actually live this. And so yeah. it was just really cool to see and experience. Yeah. And not only, and, and on top of that, uh, as far as the humility, like when I was watching uh, coach do the roll with everybody for the Baron Bolas, it was kind of after class. So everybody was kind of done rolling. He had been rolling and then he just kept calling people out to roll. And the rest of us were kind of sitting there. So then the whole class was sitting there, watch coach roll with each blue belt pretty much. And, uh, and of course the kids, the guys are like giving it their all, you know, and He's not, and then I'm what, and he's got these kids trying to give it their all against him. And he's, he could obviously, he could crush them, you know, and he's not even, they're giving their 100% and he's just trying to barambolo. So he's not trying to win the match. He's giving up positions, you know, and he's, you could tell some of the younger dudes are like, like taking it to heart that he's, I'm like, bro, he's not, he's trying a hard ass move. He's just using you right now, motherfucker, you know? You might, you're just as good as one of those dummies that, that just flop around like that. <laughs> yeah, pretty want. much. Quit getting happy, you know, because, yeah. But it was, uh, that was a, a, an example of humility, too, because they were getting positions on him and shit because he wasn't going for the win. He was going for a position that he's working on within himself, you know. And, uh, and that goes over to, I don't know if you saw that John Danaher post when he was talking about George St. Pierre the other day. It was a really mm -hmm. good post, man, how he yeah. talked about how, the best fighter that he's ever had around one of the best fighters ever to grace the fucking earth would come in and put all of his ego aside and work with the best grapplers in the world and put himself in bad positions. He never tried to win in sparring ever. He was always putting himself in, in the positions he needed to work on, you know, and that, that's a, that's a good reminder for all of us, you know, because I would say a lot of guys who go in and want to win the fucking roles, you know, and you, it takes a lot of humility to let yourself be beat without telling the guy, I'm working on this, you know, I'm working on back escapes today. You don't tell, you don't tell him that you let him get your back and choke you. And you never tell him, I, I let you do that, you know, and that's, you got to have some, that, that takes humility, man. You know, especially when the guy, your buddy you're rolling with is like celebrating that he choked you or something. And you or let him. Or when you <laughs> see him like, 
there's some guys that they just refuse to tap and you can tell like, I'm going to hurt his arm if he's not careful. And so sometimes I'll just let go of the submission. And yeah. he thinks he escaped and I'm like, I don't care, whatever. I can get back into a different position. So I'm still learning either way. But yeah. there's sometimes even like belly, when you go, like they try to roll and you go belly down on their arm, you have them in an arm bar. It's just so easy it. to hurt. Yeah. I'm, so I would just let go if they're going that way. I just let go because it's, it's not worth it to me. I'm like, dude, yeah. I don't want to end up hurting you or something. And even for me, there's like, and I got to be careful with my shoulders. But when someone gets me in like a, a Kimura or something like that, a lot of times I have a lot of flexibility and space to keep wiggling because it's just because I'm a little flexible um and kind of like let them keep going uh trying to get the move and sometimes i can escape but you got to be careful with like how far you kind of if they got a submission you just give it to them and tap or you know you got to decide like where you want to do with it but yeah i i don't like it when some guys you can tell like this is deep and you want to keep going you know and sometimes i'll just let it go and yeah uh, just there's no sense in it you know someone you know because there's a young guy he's like 16 and that guy never wants to tap, even when you have him in a the last time it was like my first day back on Monday. I rolled with him in a and I was getting some submissions and I I was just fresh, I think, because I had been off a week, you know. And so but you can tell he doesn't like to tap. And it's like, dude, you're so young, you got this, man. You're gonna be so good. Ten years from now, you're gonna be a freaking stud, you know, like your black belt, high level guy. Don't blow out your arm at sixteen, you know. Yeah, so we'll see. He's gonna be really good though. He started young. He's a wrestler. He's a good kid. Yeah, just make, those him guys, make him yeah, tap. Yeah, those guys don't like the tap. <laughs> choke him. Try to go for a choke against him. He's got. He just yeah. put him to sleep. That's what like going for the triangles a lot. Even from rubber guard, there's a lot of openings for getting a triangle. I'm mm-hmm. still trying to figure out the comfort of it. One thing that uh, we can talk about was just how in tune coaches with like each player. You know, each student. Um, we had roles, I think it was Thursday night, which is the intermediate. So it's in the middle. It's like not the beginner, intermediate and advanced. Um, but it was intermediate and a uh, blue belt. He's a really good blue belt, like a higher level blue belt. And I was doing that work in my rubber guard and I ended up getting him a triangle and it kind of like shocked me. I was like surprised myself, like, oh my gosh, it actually worked. I got him, <laughs> like freaked me out. And yeah. so I was like, I had to calm myself down, like, Oh, okay. Now what the hell do I do? I didn't even think I was going to get it. You know, well, you like, got him into the, you got him into the triangle. Yeah. So what I got you him, do? I got him into my triangle and then he started defending well, which was really hard to get it like sunk in. I, I wasn't able to finish it before the timer ran out, but we went for a good like minute and a half with him in my triangle. Cause I was, I was going for an arm lock, like kind of a Kimura arm lock uh, to, you know, get something else because he wasn't, you know, he was fighting the triangle. And so it was back and forth between the two submissions and uh, it was a crazy position. It worked out well. I just didn't expect to get it. Like, he's such a higher level blue belt that I'm like, eh. I just kind of doubted myself, I guess. I don't know. But it, like, kind of shocked me. I'm like, oh, oh, crap, I have it. And, and so I was trying to figure out, like, okay, now that I have it, now how am I going to, like, actually finish this? And uh, coach came uh, up to me after class. He's like, hey, that, that triangle surprised you, huh? <laughs> I was like, what? He's like, he, t- he, could, he noticed that, like, I got the triangle. I didn't even know he was – available to see me doing it and then he noticed like kind of the shock looked on my face I guess where I was like yeah "Yeah." I had to like calm my brain down because I was like oh no (laughs) I have it now now what do I do and so it was just really cool how much he knew like he knows what's going on inside my head that's how smart did did he see why you didn't did he did he see why you weren't able to finish it or did you ask him I, I don't know why he couldn't finish it or something 
But I was pretty darn close to finish. I mean, it was inevitable. I mean, we were working towards something. Something was going to happen, you know, and it just the dinger, like the bell goes off. You just got to kind of stop. But he was, I mean, the, tr- I mean, the triangle. triangle. I mean, do you think you could have choked him with the triangle or was it not? It was sunk getting in? there. It was getting there. And I, I had to like transition. I had to like kind of get the angle. I was working like, you know, once you get it submission, it's never just like done right away. It's yeah. Usually you got to sink it in. You kind of, you got to sink it in. You got to, they, and so, I mean, at the very least, he wasn't able to get out of it. Like he wasn't yeah. pulling himself out and like opening it up or breaking my, my triangle. It was just like the angle and trying to figure out, okay. Cause once you do it with like a higher level guy, they know how to defend it really well. Yeah. After so then you're while, thinking, then you got to start thinking like, fuck, yeah. what do I do? What do I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How do I get the right angle? How do I sink this in a little deeper? How do I get his arm over here? You know, whatever you got to do to transition to it, to, to like really sink it in tight. But it was just like, I think my, my head got ahead of me. Like, I just got a little too excited. Like, oh, it worked. What the heck? Now what do I do? You know, like, I shouldn't yeah. be there. I should be like, okay, now just continue to, like, calm, you know. But, of course, I'm still a white belt, so I'm a little excitable at times. So I had to, like, calm I, myself down. But it was funny that he knew. I'm like, what is he, read my freaking mind? How did he know? <laughs> you know? You know, I so, think a lot of it also is a, a lot of jujitsu and success in jujitsu is uh, is is – your self-belief you know your mindset speaking of that because yeah. we don't think about that that much but it has a huge effect on how you play your game if you're confident in what you're doing you know yeah. if you like have a have a knowing about what you're doing or not and um and that's just something to remember when you go you know like for me i gotta always remind myself like bro you got this dude you, you got this shit you got you, you know you got to trust you got to trust in the trust in your game, you know, trust in the stuff that's you've been working on and, and, and try it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But, uh, yeah. So even when it doesn't work, you're learning how to make it work. You know, you're yeah. learning what doesn't work to get rid of it, you know, and that's where I think the, you know, the value is. And that's what I realized. I was very less judgmental. Maybe it was because I was out for a week. So I was just happy to be back. But yeah. I wasn't as judgmental on myself. I wasn't as hard on myself. Um, and, I was really just like, and there's one point where some guys just try to smash you when you're working your guard game. And I, I don't know if it's because they're annoyed, like, ah, quit getting in your clothes guard or whatever. Um, and so I was just like, how could I get comfortable down here? Because really, aside from them trying to stack you, like one guy was on top of me and really just smashing me, but he wasn't blocking my face. It was, there was no choke. There was nothing. I wasn't in any danger. Um, and so I was just kind of sitting there like, hmm, I can hold this position. Like he's not doing any damage to me he's not in a dominant position and so was, he was just smashing and i was just holding on to him and had a hold of him and he couldn't do anything and he couldn't you know submit me submit me in any way so i was just like can you chill right here can you try not to like oh, i gotta constantly go 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 like let something open up just wait can you wait right here and i'm like yeah i can and it kind of felt good because there's sometimes where i'm getting smashed i'm like all i want to do is get out of there yeah like, their their gi is like falling on my face. I'm like, get out of my face. I don't like that. Yeah, yeah it sucks. Yeah. yeah. And it's it just like, I can't yeah. breathe. I don't want to be down here. And so I'm like, yep. in those positions, because one guy, he had me in this weird like neck crank thing, but he was smashing my face into his chest. So I was like motorboating the guy, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, I can't really <laughs> breathe because I'm just, my face is smashed into his chest, but he's not like choking me or anything. And so I'm like, okay. So I just, with my hands, I kind of work my hands into his legs. And I got like a sweep and I kind of swept him over. And then once I was on top of him, the face smash head neck crank thing didn't work. 
and yeah. it was funny because he was like oh i had some weird face crank on you i'm like yeah you're like smashing my my face into your chest but i couldn't breathe <laughs> but it wasn't like a, a blood choke you know it wasn't like i was gonna get choked out you know yeah yeah and so i'm like well i can hold my breath for a while so i might as well try to work my way out of this regardless of breathing you know because usually if you can't breathe you're like oh no oh no you know you want to panic or something so you have to like sometimes when you can't breathe you have to just be patient and kind of calm and work your way out i don't know if you felt that before too yeah that's that 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 took a while but uh it's yeah you just have to be patient and learn to just relax and breathe and what what usually happens is as long as you defend well, you know, and you 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 make sure you're not getting submitted, eventually they'll either get frustrated or they'll make room for an opening. And while that's all going on, you're just conserving your energy for that sweep that you're going to hit, you know? Like, at some point, he's going to be off balance. He's going to be missing a fucking post. Something's going to happen here, and that's when I'm going to unleash this energy that I've been saving while I'm just resting while he's fucking around on top of me, whatever he's doing. You know, I'm resting down here, you know? And then that opening comes and you hit the sweep or whatever and you have the energy. But if you're on the bottom just trying to struggle out, you're just going to fucking wear yourself out. Just take it as a rest period, you know? Just don't get your arm broke. Yeah, exactly. That's one thing I'm learning is like breaking grips and doing different stuff. And you can even feint different attacks. Like you can act like you're going to go for their arm, but you're just getting them to like address it. Then you go for something else. I've been working on that too from my close guard is just like faking different attacks. Like even faking the clothes guard or, you know, faking, not the clothes guard, but the rubber guard and then going for something else and just keeping them guessing is really important too. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that goes to the mindset thing, like you're saying. I think you get to the point eventually with your game where you, you start using fakes to bait them into what you want. You know, like you get so good with your game that you're like, okay, I'm going to make him do exactly what I want without even fucking using any force, you know, just, yeah, just, you know, like you said, faints, bait, whatever, you know, even you, like you're doing the rubber guard. So you start getting good at rubber guard and people start knowing you're good at rubber guard. Then you can fucking fake the rubber guard, you know, and, yeah. and get them, get them to do what you want. So that's yeah. pretty cool, man. I love this shit. And have you rolled where you're like in a flow of a role where like I was, had him in rubber guard and he's working his way out of it. And then we end up like kind of going around, and transitioning into different positions and come right back and you end up in rubber guard again or i have him in rubber guard and they had the guy yesterday he was like ah oh, crap all that work and we got right back where i started like <laughs> you can tell he's like dang it <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah so those are that's where i'm like wait a minute maybe i'm getting pretty good at uh recovering my guard so that that happens consistently because that happened throughout our role we were go 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 and then end up in the same position again and i would keep working and he's like oh yeah. crap here again and I'm like, yeah. hmm, that might be a good thing. Like, if I'm able to keep recovering my guard the way I want to. So I don't know if you've yeah. noticed that in your game too. No, yeah, that's good, man. And then they they get frustrated too, you know. So, and that's when you can start like hitting submissions and shit. Once they get frustrated, I think you know when they start getting yeah. frustrated, leaving yeah. themselves open, getting mad or something. Yep, yeah, that gets them out of their mindset. You get they get to you get them into their cloudy waters, and you're in like clear waters with your game. Yeah, 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 exactly, man. So mindset's huge. And I was thinking about that mindset with life too is, and we've been talking about like career and money and relationships, all that stuff, you know? And yeah. 
of course, everything is related to relatable to jujitsu. So that's how what I believe. <laughs> There's yeah, and I was thinking, and you tell me what you think of this idea because I could be totally off base, but like the belt system in in jujitsu, you can relate that to like materialism or money. You know, because money itself is like amoral. Like, there's nothing. It's just a magnifier of who you are and what you do with it. You know, and it's yeah. the same thing with the belts. Like, you earn like your belts, and there's not like an actual like meaning behind the belt besides like it's like a marker for you. It's kind of like like your map to your goal. You know, and money could just be like a marker along that goal as well. If if we looked at it in a different way or like make it relatable to jujitsu, so. Like I'm waiting to get another stripe in my white belt, you know, and letting go of, you know, kind of like what it means about me. Because really, when you have a belt, aside from you learning and growing into that belt and what it requires of you to like actually learn to get there, it's it's just like like you're a blue belt now. Do you feel like better than other people? I don't think that's how you look at it. Same thing with money. Like having more money than someone else doesn't make you better than them. It's just different experience, right? yeah and so i was trying to like and it may not make sense i was just trying to relate the two like hmm that sounds like it could be kind of a cool comparison so to speak yeah so for me it was like now that you have a blue belt now it's time for you to learn a different set of skills or uh, apply them in a different more higher level way same thing with money like if we don't give so much value to money on what it gives us as a reputation or what we make it mean about who we are and how we're better than others, we can actually get in there and use it for better purposes, you know, to grow ourselves and to be generous and giving and whatever. Same thing with the belt system. That's how I was trying to compare it. I don't know what you think of that. No. Yeah. I think that that's an excellent comparison. I think, I mean, we say this a lot, but I mean, that jujitsu is, you can really compare it to any fucking journey in life, you know, and it teaches you how to, how to take the journey correctly. I think, you know, what, what the journey is supposed to look like. Cause it, it just, the humility that comes with it is something else. We always talk about the humility that comes with this journey, you know, it's in anything you begin, anything you begin, you're a beginner. You're not good at it. You're not good at it. You know, whatever it is, you're starting your business, you're starting a relationship whatever relationships are a big one that are like jujitsu man because and it can take a lifetime you can be a white belt for fucking years at relationships you know i mean think about that you, you know it's it's just a it's just a there's no instant gratification in anything good in life i don't think i mean yeah, yeah so um well in that instant okay. gratification how huge is that i mean and remember how we were talking about how people like one out of 10 white belts quit or whatever, which still yeah. kind of boggles my mind. Like what the heck? Why? But it's, I think it has a lot to do with that instant gratification because what we're doing is delaying our gratification of whatever the belts mean to us. Right. And, yeah. you know, cause you know, regardless of what, like what you get out of the belts, like when people say, Oh, you're a blue belt, they think you're, they, they go, Oh wow, that's better than a white belt. They think that you're better which technically you are like skill set wise, but you know, what people miss in that is like the experience of getting there, like journey, right? They don't know what it took for you to get to a blue belt, the injuries, the mindset, all the, the sacrifices you made, they just go, Oh, you're a blue belt. How long did that take you? Two years. Okay. I could do that. You know what I mean? They don't yeah. even, they just, they don't 
compute with what you had to change in your life, what you had to commit to, what you had to not commit to, like all the difference. No one wants that. And I think that's why people quit. They go, oh, wait, it's going to take this long and it's already this hard. Forget that. I want the instant pill, like the instant gratification. Yeah. And that's where when we, we fall prey to like things that give us the upfront satisfaction of it, but the long term isn't there, that's when we fall short in life. Same thing with money, same thing with relationships. You know, maybe you got this girl who's really pretty, but she's not fulfilling like as a partner in life and, and helping you grow and become a better person and all that. It's just for the instant gratification or reputation that you get in the moment. It's not for the long term. Same yeah. thing with money. Like, hey, I can buy nice things and people like me when I have nice things, which they don't really. They like your things and they picture themselves having that same thing and they don't even think about you. <laughs> yeah, They're like, you, you instantly, like when you're driving that Porsche, they go, ooh, what would I look like in that driver's seat? And then they... They don't think about you at all. They don't care. It's like, hey, cool car, but they don't really. So it's always that short-term kind of like bump we give ourselves of dopamine or whatever it is that makes us feel better about the instant gratification that we get. But long-term is what really, that's what you get out of jiu-jitsu. Because who would be crazy enough to go through the injuries and everything we've been through? The injuries, yeah. Fuck, yeah. To get to blue belt, purple belt, brown belt. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. No, no. Yeah, if but you were to the tell somebody, you yeah. become by doing it. Yeah, it's crazy because I have seen quite a few white belts come in and just never. Some of them come one time and, and never show up. Oh, I love it! I love it! This is awesome! And they never come back, or they'll come for a week, you know, or even for a few months, and then they disappear and shit, you know, because we live in a we live in a society where everybody wants shit right away, man. You know, and if you gotta, you gotta be, you gotta be willing to put up with, with uh, definite, like a lot of fucking hard work, man, and injuries. You know, that's part of it, and you can't call yeah. it. You just one day your fucking arm pops and it doesn't work for two months. And you're like, fuck. All right, well, you know. And that goes with like, you know, like of course mental health is a big thing for us, and you know our experiences, what we've been through, like PTSD, like the injuries always aren't like physical like where your arm is hurt like yours is right now when it's your mind like relationships you get injured from relationships so to speak like emotionally the same thing with career and different things so the injuries aren't always the same like physical injury but it could be an emotional injury like which causes you to kind of close down or not be open with the person you care about all these different things so like i said it's always relatable to jujitsu it's like you have to be willing to take the, the the bumps and bruises along the way to get to that worthy ideal. Yeah. And that's something along that journey you learn about yourself. Like how much more confidence have you built in yourself by getting to blue belt? Yeah. Huge. And what areas of your life has that penetrated? Probably every single area. Everything. That's a funny word. (laughs) Everything. (laughs) Penetrated everything. (laughs) Yeah. It it comes out and just who you are. So like, that's proof that delayed gratification is truly the goal because it builds your, your willpower. It builds up your confidence. It builds up, you know, like the way you see yourself is different, you know, and I guarantee you can apply that to anything you do now in life. When you go for a new project or new, like this podcast or anything, we have more confidence now because of, and we just Mm -hmm. got started. You just got your blue belt. I'm, you know, I'm not there yet. We're still working towards these things and we're just getting started and it's already impacting us in positive ways. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, it's yeah, because I mean, confidence really to me, confidence it ties in with your mindset and your positive attitude, and those things right there are like that, that has everything to do with how your life looks. You know, you can succeed if you're when you're feeling confident and you're feeling like you can do anything, then you can. You know, like that's when you can, when you can do anything. It's only only our thoughts about ourselves that stop us from doing these things that we want to do and finishing our goals and living our visions or whatever we're doing. But if, if you have confidence, you're in a state where you think you can do it, so you can, you know, and jujitsu brings that. And I've noticed that clearly in my life, man. When I'm training, I just feel unstoppable as a human, you know, not 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 physically, but that too, kind of, but but uh in the mental aspect, you know, I just feel when I'm training consistently, feeling good, feeling confident, I just feel like, man, I could just do, I could do anything I want right now and it will succeed, you know? So, um, I think everybody should try jujitsu, man. I'll say that probably every episode, but if your, if your body is, if your body will let you, I think that everybody should, you know, give it a shot. Even if it won't, I mean, unless you're like, actual life is like, like there's one guy that had just had open heart surgery the like a few months back and then i rolled with him the other day just the other day wow and of course i didn't put a lot of pressure on his chest i was kind of nervous more than he was um, yeah but i'm like i just kind of hugged his hips and just stayed away from his chest but he was still rolling he was doing his yeah. thing you know i'm like god dang wow. that boy's brave you know open heart surgery yeah. and he's in there doing his thing cut so, his chest open wow yeah and he's in there rolling so that's crazy and he's doing a good job i mean so it was you know interesting to see it's the limitations are only in your mind so and for me it's like like you were saying you know this is when i'm on bottom i'm getting smashed or whatever it's not time for me to panic it's time for me to like okay take a rest get ready like prepare myself for when it's advantageous for me to make a move same thing with life right you know i think a lot of people think because we talk about positivity and, and abundance. We talk about like different mindsets than most people are. Uh, I was reading a book recently where most people are just, they enjoy hearing negative, pessimistic type stuff. It's just more apt. Our brain is more connected to it. Like it c- catches on to it quicker and wants to hear it, wants to talk about it, wants to be in negativity more because that's how our brains develop. It keeps us alive, so to speak. It's our more primal uh thing to listen to and be connected to so it's easier to be pessimistic than it is optimistic and it was weird that that's how our brains work but for me it's like understanding when we say like a positive attitude or a positive mindset it doesn't mean that we never experience negativity in our lives it just means when we experience you know suffering or a bad day or hard times we don't get caught up in it and just continue that loop and stay stuck in it we find you know a way to view it that is advantageous to continue us moving forward does that make sense yes i think that's really um, important you learn that in jujitsu yeah and and that's that's true too man i wonder that's that's an interesting topic man that, that people are more uh likely or more connected to negative conversation and stuff like that and i've you can notice i notice that too you know anytime there's something negative to talk about some like gossip or something you know like people will join in people you know people like being part of that oh did you hear about this did you hear about that but it's never about positive shit you know it's never about people never jump in on the you know like on the positive train but 
I wonder why, man. I mean, you said hardwired, but I wonder if it's that's a pretty deep topic to think about, man. Why are people more prone to being negative? It's easier. It's easier to be negative because when you're positive, you got to like, I don't know. That's a strange, that's a deep topic, man. That's a, that could go really deep. I mean, cause we're in this weird, with this weird system that we're in, that's not really natural to humans. So we're already in a negative state. It's kind of like putting the system that the society we live in, man, it's almost like putting, you know, it's like going out and getting a bunch of chimpanzees and putting them in a fucking town and telling them to live this certain way over time, you know, and pretty soon they're going to be like, they're not going to be the same fucking happy chimpanzees they used to be, you know, they're going to be, they're going to be negative, like, fuck, this isn't who we are. And I think that might be close to why people are, because yeah, man, people are pretty on, on the big, large scale. People are pretty like, you know, there's positive people out there, but I don't know, man, that's an interesting topic that you brought well, up. And I, I think it's misunderstood. It's kind of like that laws of attraction, right? Like that's the, the secret, you know, how that got a bunch of like negative reviews because it's like, well, you can't just sit around and just hope thing. Yeah. It's like, that's not what they're saying. They're just saying you need there. There's, there's more than one thing that works. It's like in jujitsu, it's just because I can get in a certain position doesn't mean I get the submission itself. I still have to do other things. Even when I get the submission, like we were talking about, like I got to get the angle right. I got to get my leg, you know, on the right part of his neck. I got to do a lot of different things right for it all to come together. It's not just one thing I'm doing right. It's multiple things. And that's yeah. why it takes so long to learn. There's like eight steps, but you get so good at them and so automatic and uh, unconscious with it after it becomes a habit that you kind of like do those steps in in like like all together you know and it just yeah. it folds together really beautifully but i think it it has a lot to do with understanding the complexity of the experience like it's not just one thing that makes it work and yeah. so when you say have a positive attitude it doesn't mean like oh then you'll never experience anything negative again in your life or blind yourself to what is really happening it's not we're not saying be blind or close your eyes it's like, okay, this is happening. This is the circumstance. And I accept it for what it is. And now that I accept it for what it is, not blindly, but just understand that this is what it is. I'm going to apply my mindset, my abilities, my skill sets, whatever it is to make it something that could transform me or evolve me to a higher level. That's it. That's it. I'm not just skipping the bad days and you, you, you have bad days and you know, I'm not being unrealistic. It's just a full experience because I'm willing to experience the negative. I'm just using that as a way to keep growing, just like getting smashed in a round. Like the other day, another black belt came to train with us. And uh, so I had to roll with him and coach. And I'm like, oh, crap. Like <laughs> so I'm rolling with these black belts. It's getting the crap kicked out of me. But there's some positives in that. You know, I even watching them, what they're doing to me, I'm like, oh, wow, that's cool. You know? And so there's nothing but learning, even when you're struggling, even on your bad days, you know, that's just a different mindset. It's no different. We still get our butts kicked. You would get your butt kicked just as much as I was getting my butt kicked. If not, you know, me a little bit more maybe, but either way, we're getting our butts kicked, uh, but we, we can take something positive from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. And that's how I, it's just a mindset. And that's, I think people miss that. They're like, ah, you're just one of those optimistic people. It's like, no, no, no. We, I still experience life in the fullest expression of negativity and everything else. It's just, what do you do with it? What do you do with yeah. the circumstance? It's there to evolve you. What are you doing with it? And I think it's a lot harder to evolve and take some understanding and learning out of it without some kind of a more positive mindset, a more expansive mindset. Yeah. Like you're you know, a victim, right? 
you want to be the cause or the effect, you know, like don't be a victim. Yeah. And I think, I mean, and if you look at like people who are considered successful in our society, they're usually positive people, you know, that's, that's a key ingredient to, to success in anything is being positive. And, and as on a large scale, I think that the majority, like you were saying, people are so negative because that's the way that this society, that's the way that things work, man. You know, that's the way that, that that's, you know, people, it, it, our energy is kept down, you know, fear is pumped into people's heads that creates negativity, constant garbage being pumped into people's heads, you know, negative shit on the news and through man, every angle, bro, there's negativity. So it's, if you're not really on the path to, to a personal growth, you may not even know what positivity is, you know, yeah. or you may look well, at guys like us, like fucking weirdos who are happy and positive, you know, we are pretty weird. So, people are attracted to it though, man. People are attracted to it because it's rare. So when you're a positive dude or you're positive, people notice it and they're fucking attracted to it. Like, like flies to it, like bugs to a light, you know, when you're, when you're positive. So I've, I've noticed that majorly. Well, and, and it also frees you to really think for yourself, to be a critical thinker, to question yourself and everything. Like just that's how you really get to dig in. Because I think along this journey, that's where I've learned the most is when I've questioned even my own beliefs, my own choices, everything I've done. I've like, hmm, why do I do that? Why is that important? Why are you doing this? And that's what jujitsu teaches you. It's like go in there, get exposed for your weaknesses, then question why you're doing it the way you're doing it and find a better way of doing it. Yeah. Without that self-reflection, without that critical thinking, and really deep inner like, like reflection on what you're doing, you can't improve. So you need like to really be willing to open yourself up. And without that, just kind of listening to the status quo or whatever it is, like follow these rules and that's it, and never questioning them, you can't get that reflection. You can't get that unique experience where you can go, wait a minute, that doesn't work for me. It may work for you, but it doesn't work for me. I need to do it this way. You know, because not everyone yeah. does jujitsu the same either. If it works for you, it's right. It doesn't make it wrong just because it doesn't work for you. It's just, like there's nothing wrong or right in jujitsu. It just doesn't work for you. Yes, okay, then do it. If it doesn't work for me, I just do it a different way. Same thing with life. You can be very manipulated if you get in that mindset where you don't question anything. You don't. You just follow the rules. You just do this, do that. I'm not saying be lawless, but I'm just saying like really, how does this make you better? Like focus in on that way, and not just do what you're told yeah i think that's important you know we need that self-reflection and that unique experience of life where it's hey this is important for me because it makes me better it doesn't have to work for you yeah and and that's the that's the journey man is looking and for the, the fear of like standing out sometimes because people will ridicule you or judge you or this and that and like shame shame you you know yesterday mm-hmm. i listened to the uh, ted talk and it was a uh, monica Lewinsky. you remember her and like from the 90 like 98 or whatever yeah um with bill clinton and yeah, she yeah. was giving a speech about the power of shame and how like she was ridiculed and shamed into oblivion you know what i mean and yeah i guess she was 22 years old when that happened Wow. She was a kid, you know? Yeah. Could you imagine, like, when you were 22, the mistakes you're making and the decisions you're making? Yeah. Being put all over the internet. People had recordings of it and video of it. And, like, man, the, I was an idiot at 22. I was a complete moron. Yeah. 
Like, yeah. I had nothing figured out in life. I didn't know what I was doing. And I was a cop at the same time, which is way young. Bro, so it's like, he was all that that news was all over the fucking world. That was huge, yeah, you know, because huge. Oh Lewinsky, she was the one that gave a blowjob to President Clinton, right? Yeah. Well, she was in a relationship with him from when what I understand. With him. She yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and you know, the way she described it is like, you know, I was twenty two and I fell in love with my boss. And it just so happened that my boss was the president of the United States, which for a young girl at that age, how easy is it to like kind of be in awe of like this powerful position that this man holds and this and that. And you, and, what, and you know, he used his fucking power to do that too. You guarantee, yeah. you know, he, yeah, so of course, instead of, instead of more. looking at the man who is using his power of position, who's married and do all these and the president, and all these things in this position where he shouldn't be doing those kind of things. We like ridicule her as being, you know, slutty or whatever you might call it. And it's like, when you really look at it, like, wait a minute, she's 22 years old and kind of in all of this, like, boss of hers who is taking advantage of his position of power and kind of taking advantage of her really and then she gets slandered and just torn to shreds i mean her life is i mean how would you like to sign on to instagram or facebook as her like type in your yeah. name like create your profile you what still can do yeah it's all the it's all the beat blowjob jokes she can't yeah, and it's, it's just like probably to geez, this day man. Yeah. How would you like your sex day. life being put on the internet and like, Damn. you know what I mean? Especially when you're yeah. 22. It's rough all over the world. Nice. Years later, I mean, even now, I guarantee you, even now she gets some fucking people talking shit, you know? Yeah, how, how brave is it to go on TED Talks and give a freaking TED Talk, you know? I'm like, man, we well, really have a lot of healing to do as a society and as a culture. Understanding women, like the way we treat women, you know, Donald Trump's a good example of that like the ego and all the shadow masculinity the negativity of it where men if you look at it from a man's point of view we've really like wronged the feminine as far as like that girl was 22 years old and was really taken advantage of and we kind of like shamed her you know yeah you know how easy is it for women to kind of they get really mistreated at times you know and i'm not like a feminist or anything but i'm just saying you have to be able to see things from different viewpoints and yeah. even with, with like all the stuff with coronavirus, Black Lives Matter, all this different stuff of life that we have to see from different viewpoints to be able to come together. No wonder we're all the, divided, you know? And I think one of the beautiful things about jujitsu is there's a common viewpoint to come to it as just self improvement, letting go of the ego, kind of growing and learning together. No one is like, you know, against each other. There's just like yeah. a very, very cohesive community inside jiu-jitsu that our society could learn from yeah big time you know yeah well, and that all, goes with yeah. that pessimistic mindset and all that stuff it's like man you got to be able to come together what if they did what if jiu-jitsu was like part of a school curriculum you know like all kids because like in europe and eastern europe and shit they fucking do judo as part of their like kids grow up learning judo and a lot of, like, my buddy from the Philippines that I work with, he just moved here two years ago. He knows judo because in school over there, it's one of the classes, you know, you do judo. Um, what if they did jujitsu for kids here? Imagine that. Imagine how, what the world would look like if all the kids grew up learning jujitsu from good professors, you know? Yeah. It'd be a different and world. Ju- 
they would have better role models because they'd be around their professor who's a really good person who's developed themselves in a good way. And then I doubt there'd be very much bullying. Because yeah. really, if you if you remember school, like the bullies of school weren't that they were like the very skilled fighters. Because usually no. the martial artists never bully. It's the yeah. kids that were just meaner. They were just mean-spirited. They were just willing to hurt other people. And other people were like, man, I don't want to hurt anyone. That's why I didn't want to fight people is I just didn't want to hurt anyone. Yeah. You know? And yeah. that's the only thing that bullies have going for them is they're just meaner. Yeah. And so when the kid assholes. that you're picking on doesn't have to be mean to you, but he can still choke you out. You're like, hey, man, I tap out my friends all the time and they don't act like you, but you come up and try to smack me. I'm going <laughs> to get you in yeah. an arm bar. You know, even and, well, even the bullies. Imagine the bully going in there and take, getting the bully humbled out of him. He wouldn't be a bully no more. You know, he would yeah. realize that he's not as big and tough as he, because he'd have to be vulnerable. He'd have to go in front of everybody and show that that facade he's putting on is you're still going to get your ass whooped right now. You know? Yeah. So yeah, you have to be great, able to great seen, for kids. be seen as equal. You know, and like yeah. I said, we talked about that a lot. It's like the great equalizer. You just go on there. I'm a white belt. I. I I wear that belt to show where I'm at, who I am, and I don't have anything to hide, but I can continue to grow. Once I'm in full acceptance of what is, hey, I'm new with it. I've only been doing this a certain amount of time. You know, I'm new with yeah. it, and and I want to learn. That's all it's saying, right? Yeah. And then I know that yeah. that's worth – I can put some time into it and not get instant gratification because I just can't get my black belt right now. And I could see, wow, this is really valuable to dedicate myself to something – and watch myself and find ways to reflect and understand I'm making progress. Yeah. And you could apply that to anything in your life, you know? Yep. Yep. Even if the progress seems super slow, you're, it's there. Even if you yeah. don't see the progress sometimes, you know, other people might see, it, you know, it's there. It's there. As long as you're showing up, you know, the progress is there. And that's like you said and with anything. I wonder if that's why we have that, like, you know, and, and I don't know if you, because our schools are different and how they hand out stripes and stuff like that. But like, sometimes my brain goes, oh, well, I haven't got another stripe yet. What's happening? How much longer is it going to be? And I'm like, hmm, maybe it's that. Maybe I just want to see progress. But yeah, it's like, if that's the only way you see progress, you're limited to really be able to see your progress or enjoy the journey. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know what you think yeah. about that. Maybe that's why that question comes up a lot. I don't know yeah no i that's a good that's just a good inner battle like when that comes up you know probably to yeah. just check yourself like yeah fuck that i don't care i'm just gonna and keep that's going what, you know yeah i think that's why you and i talk about like really saying oh well we get into a flow in the role or you know you get into these certain positions and you're able to recover your guard or whatever those are ways you see progress you don't have to just wait until you get a stripe on your belt then you then you actually have made progress no you're making yeah. progress every day you know, yeah. like I was saying, is like going in there and not judging myself. Progress. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. And 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 even just like like we've been doing, working on a working on a certain move. You know, that's a good way to sh to show yourself progress. Putting yourself in the same position every day and seeing, even if it's with the same partner. You know, today I couldn't sweep him, but a week from now, after trying this shit over and over, I swept him. You know, and that's progress. You know. Yeah. So. Or, or he didn't smash me. He didn't smash my... This guy always smashes my fucking half guard or he was knee slices me, you know? Knee slices and passes and smashes me. Um, if I can stop him from doing that, that's huge progress to me, you know? So... Yep. And you get to a point where, for me, it's like, 
okay, I got my blue belt. I didn't know I was going to get it. I didn't know if I was ready to get it, but my professor thought so, you know? And, uh, cause there's a lot of questioning behind that. Like, am I a fucking blue belt? I guess I fucking am. I, you know, like shit. But, uh, um, you are, and you get it and you, and, and then you're just like, well, I, I'm not even thinking about anything else like stripes or purple belt or anything. Now I'm just thinking about getting really good at fucking the half guard that I'm working on, you know? And that's it. And I think if you get good at that, the other that other shit will come, you know. Exactly. So, and um, you're detaching I mean, from the reputation of a blue belt, so to speak. Like you're not there just for the looks of it. You're there to grow yeah. and kind of progress and get better, become a better human. Yeah. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And that's what you can't yeah. pigeonhole yourself into like only one way of viewing your progress or growth. Like if we yeah. only say, Well, how much money do you have? well, I have this much. Okay, well, you haven't grown that much. You're like, what the heck? That's Why are you judging me by how much money I have? That There's other ways of viewing yourself and reflecting on your progress and growth in life. And yeah. you can't just do it one way. And that's what jiu-jitsu teaches you. It's like, look, yeah, the stripe system there, the belt system's there, but it's really about the journey overall, you know? Because what took yeah. you to get your blue belt isn't going to be what you have to do to get your purple belt. You're going to have to learn how to do different things and evolve in different ways that you haven't faced yet to get to there yeah big time yeah so and it's it's exciting it's 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 an exciting position to be in because you're like okay like you just said where will i be as a person by the time that happens by the time i get my purple belt how much growth will i have in between now and then that's kind of what i look at it like not like i want my purple belt it's more like man during this time how much how many challenges am I going to overcome and how good am I going to get at jujitsu and how confident am I going to become as a human in route to that next level, you know? And, and I think, uh, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Um, yeah, we're good. I got an incoming call. I don't know how to stop those. Um, see if it comes again, but anyhow, that'll just have to be part of the show. But uh, yeah, from from there, from blue to purple or to any any color belt, it's really just, you know, how much you're you're growing as a human man, and and also how good you're gonna get. Because I figured if I keep going, purple belts are really fucking good, man. And um and I don't, there's no secret formula. It's just you keep going. So I'm just like, fuck, I want to be that good. Because you roll, you sometimes you roll with the guy, and you're like, fuck, like it just the level's way past where you are. There's guys who, you know, you know, like you're just like, fuck, this is, he's not even trying. He's just demolishing me with ease. And then it reminds you, man, I can be that good. All I got to do is keep coming to class, you know? So I just want to get really good at that shit, you know? Yeah. And, and then, and in the process, become a better human for it, you know? Because there's a lot of it is that, that meme we saw the other day, man. I mentioned it in the last episode, I think, but it's such a great meme where he says, uh, it was that Nick Gregoritis. I don't know how to say his name, but he's a uh, jujitsu brotherhood guy. And he, uh, he said that he eventually he realized that the only thing he was wrestling was his own ego in jujitsu. You know, that's the only thing that he's battling every day. And it's the truth, man. It's a huge, it's a huge, my goodness. It's a huge part of it. So, um, well, we can call it, man. I mean, that's we've done a. This was heavy jujitsu. Yeah. This was fun to chat about the positions and the different things. This was fun. This yeah, was a good episode. yeah, it's been good. 
No, it's been good. I'm getting, yeah, I'm getting these damn calls. The same person is calling numerous times, even though I hit decline. So let me, uh, we're going to have to go in a second here. I'm going to have to get that. So, um, but uh, yeah, it's been a good talk, good deep jujitsu talk. And uh, I'm hoping I can at least get back into drilling this week. So I'll have some more to talk about next week, man. And uh, yeah, we'll go from there. And then we'll, yeah, we'll talk about the logo. Thanks for listening to all my analogies. <laughs> oh, it was good, man. We'll talk about the logos too um, in the next couple of days. All yeah, right. Let's do um, it. I think yeah. we got a good yeah, idea. We'll We're going to kind of go from there. So. Okay. Sounds good. All right, man. Good talking with you. Enjoy your Sunday, man. Get some relaxation. Yeah, you too, man. Enjoy get the that family. Arm, get that arm in good health and uh, let's get back in there. I can't wait to hear and continue to grow with yeah. you through this. So. Yeah, exactly, man. Just keep at it. All right, William. Talk to you later, man. All right, man. Love you. See ya. Love you, bro. Take care. Take care.